How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of your favorite swim bait podcast, Scales and Tails, episode 112 tonight. We're out in California with, uh, you know, we've talked to we've talked to Marshall, talked to a couple guys who are on paddle boards, talked to a lot of guys who bang fish and and who fish out of bass boats and you know kayaks and all sorts of stuff. But I think we're joined by the first uh, official tube fisherman, float tube fisherman, which I'm sure you guys are very familiar with. It's kind of that uh, that like. I, I don't know. When I think of tube fishing, I kind of think of old school, but it's also a lot of guys who are doing it now, and it's just a very just niche a, thing. Like paddleboards have kind of started to blow up, and and for whatever reason, float tubes are still kind of like the fly fishing thing. It's not really like made its way into the in the swim bait side of things. But we're joined by Mr. Lord Bird who, on Instagram, aka Josh Mathena, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with if you follow him. And, uh, and and seeing his cast catches in the flow tube because it is some like it's cool like the first time you see somebody catch a fish out of a paddle board but when you see somebody catch a fish like a good fish out of a float tube oh my gosh dude it is the craziest thing ever it's like so j- not necessarily bizarre but it's just so off the wall it's so metal there's so much going on you see their flippers flipping dude it's the craziest thing so jake introduce yourself and we'll get into the questions tonight man yeah man uh yeah i'm jake mathiah um just an addicted float tube fisherman uh it's yeah i don't i don't really know what else to say um doing it for a long time it's just it's hard not to be on the tube at this point yeah dude so getting right into it you know not not wasting any time have you always been into tube fishing or what what was kind of your start into fishing before the tube uh, so growing up, I mean, I've always been fishing with my parents uh, as a kid, just at the river around here, just for whatever we could catch, you know, just with bait and that kind of thing. And that kind of developed uh, over the years. My dad started taking me fishing to a local park that was out here. We used to ride our bikes over there when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, um, and just, you know, throwing beetle spins and that kind of thing for bass. And that's kind of really when uh, I started getting pretty addicted into the bass fishing, um, throwing, you know, just basic little stuff and that kind of thing uh, and that's just kind of developed over the years hell yeah dude and and had it always been bass fishing or was it kind of like just whatever you guys would catch you were you were happy with and going out and doing that so at the very beginning yeah it was pretty much anything you know like suckers catfish uh, random you know squawfish out of the river that kind of thing and then a lot of trout um i used to do a lot of trout fishing with my my grandparents um and my parents just overall going camping up, like, you know, up in the mountains out here in California and stuff like that. Um, but for me, that just definitely developed fully into bass fishing. And it's like, I don't even touch anything else. It's it's all bass only now, nowadays. So, Hell yeah, dude. And when did your, you know, when did you figure out the tube? Did it did it take a while for you to get into, like, the bass fishing side of things a little bit more and, and kind of be like, I need to get off the bank? Or how did that start? You know, um... There's just a group of friends of mine that would, you know, float tube around here locally and that kind of thing. Um, the first time I did ever end up getting on a tube, I, you know, I kind of realized, like, there's not a lot of bank access at most of the spots out here. You know, mm-hmm. you might have two or three spots around the entire lake, and that's a couple miles around. So it's just trying to figure out a way to, to fish more efficiently, and that was definitely the quickest route was to get a tube. Um, and my dad bought me one. It was like a super cheap one, like with not even a firm seat. You kind of sit all the way up into your chest into the water. Um, and I remember the first couple of times I went, I didn't even have fins or anything, just kicking around with my feet. Um, but it still makes a difference just being able to get off, you know, off the bank and fish things that you can't otherwise. So, yeah, was the tube like something that you guys had had found, like? 
like through somebody's dad was like a fly fisherman or something or how did you guys kind of stumble onto the tube because it seems like it's pretty relevant out there but like over here and in the midwest and in michigan in general you know speaking from what i know dude i don't think i've ever seen anybody in a float tube before yeah man it's a trip i don't i mean it's really surprises me that not more people um use them like you're saying, it's like seems like a lot of people do it for trout and that kind of thing, and like the pontoon boats uh, in the rivers and that kind of thing. But uh, no, I I don't know. I honestly, it was just one day my dad showed up and had like two float tubes, and he was like, "We're going, <laughs> we're going to the spot, and we're just gonna kick around." I'm like, "Damn, this is this is fun." And so uh, I know over the the last like five years, it seems like out here is um, way 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 more tubers, um, and I'm sure co- you know yaks also, but. Um, I'm sure with COVID and stuff, it's kind of brought a lot more people into the game, which is awesome too. Yeah. But it was kind of a random thing. Like we, he just showed up and we had him and I was, after that, I kind of, it just, yeah, here I am. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, it's not like, I mean, dude, a lot of guys have caught in, in, you know, in, in the two thousands and stuff. I mean, there was a lot of big fish caught from a float tube. I mean, Zaldane, I think his PB, which is like 13, came from a float tube. And, like, you see all these pictures of guys out in the middle of the lakes holding these big fish and stuff. And it's, like, it's so weird that not more people do it, that it maybe not gets overlooked, but it's still kind of, like, low-key for whatever reason. Yeah, I think the, uh, with the development of the how crazy the yaks are and stuff nowadays, I think more people are apt to go that route um you know over over a float tube um but i think there's definite advantages that you have fishing out of a float tube over a kayak um just being able to stay in place since your feet are in the water you're not like getting blown around like a uh, you know sailboat or anything like that and then just being able to be like stealthy and get right up on the spots that you want to fish without kind of disturbing the water that kind of thing is uh i think what makes tubing pretty cool and it, it's just a having to you know break down the area that you're in and really focus on what you're doing instead of being able to jump around from spot to spot like you know lightning quick i think also helps you kind of uh just really figure out your spots and and just where the big bass are and that kind of thing especially with swim bait fishing I mean, you can't just you know you know how it is everyone knows how it is with a swim bait so i think yeah, the two yeah. only has its advantages over some of the other crafts for sure right yeah and and so I mean, you kind of you kind of let us right into the swim bait thing, but the last question is, how long did it take you to kind of get comfortable in the tube? I mean, I imagine your first few trips, you're kind of intimidated. You know, you're kicking around, you're relying on on your legs and stuff not to get tired on the other side of the lake and stuff. So, did it take a while to 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 feel confident enough to you know paddle around quite a bit or fish the other side of the lake or even fish new waters that you weren't familiar with? Yeah, definitely new waters is is the hardest part. Um... Just, but I mean, I have a motor now, so that helps a little bit in terms of getting around. Uh, but it's always daunting going somewhere new and, and figuring that out, uh, especially on the tube because you're, you know, you're so limited. So on a huge lake, you really got to pick out your launch spot and maybe have a mile or two that you can fish, and that's about all you got for that day. Um, but in terms of throwing swim baits on it, it didn't take too long. I mean. I'd been fishing conventional on the tube for a few years prior, so it definitely made a difference just overall being able to just kind of adapt and figure out how to cast. Biggest thing is how to cast with a long rod, with an eight-foot rod on the tube. Um, just lob casting a lot more, roll casting, mm-hmm. that thing. And, you know, on some of the, the 
soft swim baits when you got to really bomb it out there you just kind of have to it, it takes a little bit of a toll on your shoulder sitting down and casting but in the end it's not not too bad it's not yeah, much different than, than conventional overall right yeah because you got to think like when you're standing and casting you get to you get to you can open up your hips and you can you know really throw everything into it whereas when you're sitting down, you know, halfway in the water, it's uh, it's it's a lot of shoulder rotation and stuff like that. And I I didn't even think about that till you just mentioned it. Absolutely, it's it's a lot of shoulder, a lot of shoulder action, and you kind of. I mean, the best thing is is having the right rod. Obviously, um, you can let it load up and really launch out of there. But yeah, it takes a toll if you're doing it the whole the whole day for sure with a heavier bait. Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Three words. Lake Pro Tackle. Lake Pro Tackle has all the fishing equipment you need to have success on the water. Friends of the podcast will receive 15% off their order with code SCALES at checkout. On their website, you can find exclusive and rare baits as well as rods and reels to have that dream combo. Check out their social media pages for constant updates with new arrivals. Lastly, orders over $50 get free fast shipping. Remember to use code SCALES, all cap locks, to save 15% off on your orders at lakeprotackle.com. A vast majority of double-digit bass caught in Mexico are caught out of two lakes, Lake Bacharach and Lake El Salto. Josh Daniels Pro Bass Adventures Mexico is the only outfitter in Mexico with lodges on both of these trophy lakes. For an experience like no other, call Pro Bass Adventures, 480-491-9300 or probassadventures.com. We are Mexico Fishing. Yeah, dude, so so getting us right into, into the swim bait side of things, obviously, when did... So kind of got your background on the float tube and kind of how, how, how that became, uh, became like your main, main mode of fishing. When did you, you know, being out in California, were you influenced by swim baits like at a super young age or had seen them, you know, be talked around at, at, talked about in the tackle shops and stuff? Or when did you kind of first catch wind of these baits, these big, massive trout imitating baits or bluegill or stuff like that? Well, honestly, I had seen them and heard about them and, you know, knew a lot of people throwing them and that kind of thing. But it took me a really, really long time to actually even think about delving into that. Um, I, I used to work at a lake uh, at a marina for 10 years. And in that whole time, we would fish a lot and I didn't even throw swim baits at all or even think about getting anything until probably another f- five or six years after that. So I don't know if it was just like it being difficult or just not knowing what to do. And I had asked a few people and, you know, you get nowadays you get, you do get direct answers from a lot of people, but back then it was kind of like, I don't know if people were just weren't talking about it as much or you didn't, you know, didn't want to give up their information, but um, I didn't really start throwing them until a few years ago, actually. Um, and that was just all from social media, seeing it on social media, uh, just seeing stuff on YouTube and had a couple buddies that were, already starting to do it out here too um and then like immediately my buddy was like dude you got to join swim bait universe and so of course you know that's that was one of the biggest uh influences for me was just being on swim bait universe seeing what people were doing 
what people were throwing, being able to buy baits when I needed them, that kind of thing. Um, and that was like around spring of 2019. That's when I really fully kind of delved into the swim bait game. That's you know never looked back since. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it uh, was it not? Or I'm sure it was pretty common to be out on the tube and and hear guys hucking big, you know, big big glide baits and stuff. Did it ever pique your interest, or wasn't it until you know when when your buddies in, in around 2019 when when you really decided like, oh, this is probably something that I want to get into, or was it like I can't believe those guys are fishing those those big ass baits out here like they're crazy. So you know, actually, I never really even saw it. Really, not, not where, I, not in the spots that I fish. Yeah, not until the last few years. Now you you know you see people throwing them all over the place, but unless it's just I wasn't noticing it at the time. But yeah, that's weird. Even now, I feel like there's only a handful of us. When you'd think there'd be a lot more. I don't know if that's just where I'm at. I know Southern California seems like there's a lot more activity and pressure in that regard in terms of swim baits. I mean, this still is up here. But maybe it's just the spots that I'm fishing. Maybe they're just because they're kind of smaller and that sort of thing. The guys are throwing them. Yeah, dude. And, and I mean, when you got into it, was it like, was it a slippery slope? Like that's all you found yourself doing? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, yeah. I, the last, uh, finally, within the last year, I've done a lot more conventional again. But two years ago, it was pretty much, I was swim bait only the entire time just to try and you know figure things out especially with the soft bait that's was like the most difficult thing for me trying to figure out the soft bait bite which i still have a hard time doing anyway but um i figured that i had to put all my other stuff down and just throw swim baits only for like that first year or two that i was throwing him just to be able to get it you know kind of get a pattern of bites down and see what was happening with each bait and that definitely made a, a huge impact on you know being able to fish those things better so yeah, did did you do you remember what baits you started off with? Like, did somebody like one of your buddies suggest like, oh, I have this bait. This is what you should start with, or was it kind of like this is what you need to give you a, give you like a, a grocery list? Like, this is what you need to buy so we can go out and catch fish. It was kind of a hodgepodge of baits. Um, I remember the first couple of baits I had got were just baits I purchased on Swimbait Universe that were being put up on there. Um, and definitely a slammer was one of the first baits I had as well. Cause that was, you know, that was more readily available to pick up. Um, and then toxics. Yeah, dude. I mean, 2019. Yeah. That's like when, when toxics became like super available, it pumped out all those baits. And so, I mean, he is also probably not too far from you. It sounds like, so those baits are probably easily, easily acquirable over there. And was it was it something that you had seen success with right away? Like you had mentioned that that you were fishing them pretty hard, or did it take you know a handful of trips of of getting your teeth kicked in before you figured them out and kind of figured out how they wanted to be presented and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning it was definitely tough. I was throwing kind of the. I remember it was a, a guy named Mitch. Mitch Fairley, I think, if I recall correctly, he came. He had these little bluegill crankdown baits. It was a I think it was a mini Versagill it was called. Mm -hmm. That was really the first bait that I actually had caught fish on. Um, it, it was it was pretty cool because I could fish it just like a crankbait. So confidence came quick with that. But then as soon as I started going up into the bigger baits, I definitely found it harder, uh, you know, to find those bites and that kind of thing. But it, as soon as you start figuring out, like, where the fish are and how they're eating it, you, it's, it's a lot easier to present uh, bigger and bigger baits as you go on. Yeah. Sure. And when you got into it, 
did you have buddies that were fishing out of boats like that were that were you know mostly swim bait fishing or just fishing in general out of boats or are a lot of your friends mostly tube guys so at the time most of my friend group is all we were all bank fishing and just tubing um i i do know people with boats and that kind of thing but I usually don't end up go end up going out. I've only been on a boat maybe three times in the last. Uh, actually, yeah, probably only three times ever on a bass boat, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. been out here in California, so. Yeah, dude, that that is crazy. Did you feel that, um, that maybe you you know being in the tube? Did it feel like an an ah, geez, that's a lot of A's. An advantage to being in the tube rather than you know, uh, be, being in a bass boat, like, did you feel like you could present your baits in a way that other guys weren't able to? And did it feel, did it kind of give you a little bit more confidence in, in fishing these big baits off the, off the rip? I, I think so. Just because there are spots that not, you know, don't get any boat pressure and a ton of swim bait pressure. So, um, I think for sure, you know, it, it does have its advantages over that. Um, whereas like with, you know, if you have a bass boat, a lot of guys want to go around and, you know, hit a spot real quick, go shoot around the lake and fish a bunch of different spots. So I think me being forced to fish a certain lake or a certain, you know, offshore oh, structure yeah. or something like that. Like I, I basically am stuck there. I have to figure it out. So it's, I, I do feel like that helped me learn pretty quick in terms of, um, being able to figure out the bite better with the swim baits for sure. Right, and I would I would go out on a limb and say tube fishing has probably made you a, a well versed angler because, like you said, you're presented with only so many options, and and you have to make it work. You're not you're not able to to fire up the two fifty on the back and and run the thousand acre lake to the other side and fish one brush pile. You're kind of you got you got what you got, and and you got to make it work if you want to catch a fish that day. Exactly, and as much as I wish as I could do that. Uh, I mean, I kind of can now with the motor on the tube, I could do, you know, shoot around from spot to spot on the small lakes. Um, obviously not massive lakes like that doesn't work, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, being able to figure out what I have on the tube when I do jump on a boat, it, it, it makes it that much easier for sure. Like I can yeah. transfer what I've learned on the tube and just immediately put it to use on a boat, which, you know, so. Yeah. And, and when you first got started, um, was like the wake in the softies is that what what you gravitated towards because i mean it was just kind of easy to fish out of the fish out of the tube yeah for sure crankdowns uh crankdowns and wakes were like my first two uh two baits that i was able to that i really enjoyed fishing the most because i was getting bit on them a lot and they were they were the easiest to kind of compare to conventional to me so it just kind of came naturally in terms of just, you know, cranking them down or just throwing them like a big topwater sort of thing. Um, the softies by far was the hardest for me and I still struggle with soft baits, but I've caught some decent ones on it. Yeah. Cause I mean, you got to think you're in a floating thing that's not anchored to anything. And kind of like we were, like I had mentioned, like you're using your body weight to, to set the hook on a boat and your feet are planted and, and you can really get leverage on a fish. Whereas out of a kayak paddleboard tube it's kind of more of reeling down to them and, and kind of, you know, not always slack lining them, but there is that scenario and, and really just trying to drive the hook down. And dude, I couldn't even imagine trying to do it with like a big softy. Like, I feel like that would be such a pain in the ass out of a tube. It is. Uh, I mean, having a, you know, I, I use an eight Oh seven, so it's, 
a little, even for some of my smaller soft bits. So it's pretty overpowered. Um, but it, it, that, that helps having a stronger rod. Um, but basically ha- having to kick backwards simultaneously as reeling down and setting the hook is, is de- definitely difficult on the tube because you do have to kind of put, get some momentum going your way. Uh, to get that, you know, big hook, 10 odd or 12 odd, depending on what bait you're throwing to get to get drive through. So it's fun though. It's fun when you do yeah. get them. <laughs> I didn't even think about having to having to, uh, you know, paddle backwards. And when, like, were did you ever when you started off, were you missing a lot of fish because you kind of had to change your hook set and stuff, or was it pretty easy to kind of pick up the pick up like the conventional hook set and kind of add a little bit more meat to it for a big swim bait or a big wake bait? Uh, no, I missed a ton of fish at the beginning with soft baits. Like it was to the point where I almost was getting discouraged and not wanting to fish them anymore. That's how hard it was. Uh, I was getting bit like a lot and would miss, you know, just miss the hook set or have them on for a couple seconds and end up losing them. Um, it's a little bit better now. I don't lose as many, (laughs) but you know, you still lose them. So yeah, yeah, the toughest part was waiting being able to wait long enough until the rod loaded up a little bit and then set the hook. Um, and then just having that enough power and being able to stay in one spot while you're trying to drive that big hook home. Mm -hmm. Have you found it an advantage to be so close to the water when you're trying to like skip soft baits and stuff like that? Yes. It's, it's super easy skipping soft baits, uh, and and anything for that matter. Cause you kind of can just, you know, lean your arm sideways and just, let it fly and it skips like a dream whereas when you're standing up you kind of have to you know like make your rod go way farther down that kind of thing yeah yeah, skip skipping baits is really easy on the tube frog soft baits uh that little g flag that thing is ridiculous to skip i love that bait i've only caught a couple on it now but that one's super fun to skip yeah watching your videos and watching you skip up whether it's like a sanko or you know just whatever uh, like, I mean, it is the coolest thing ever. You get sometimes, dude. In some of those videos, you don't even get two cranks in, and there's a fish on it already. Like that just looks like the the most fun thing ever. And I guess did it take a while to figure out like, oh, if a fish you know starts to pull me to the right, I need to flip my left foot. Did it take a while to kind of figure out how to counter fight them? rather than just on the rod, but also your feet so you don't get turned around and, you know, just pulled around? Yeah, definitely. Um, I used So I, I didn't mention it beforehand, but I used to fish on a pontoon flow tube and did, okay. not have my, did not have my feet in the water. So going from that to the tube I'm in now, because uh, I didn't have any control, like you're saying, you know, being able to counter move and counter fight the fish with your feet. Like before I couldn't do that. It was almost like I was on a kayak, you know, you, you don't, you can't like yeah. really turn simultaneously hands-free as you could like in a tube with your feet uh, in the water. So I think once, once I hopped into sorry, I think my mic cut off for a second. Um, You're good. Once I, once I got into the tube with your feet in the water, it almost just kind of comes naturally. Like you, you, you automatically just want to start kicking the opposite direction of where the fish is trying to go. Just, it's weird. It's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like you, you automatically just start doing that. Um, it does take a little while to get used to how you need to move your feet to do it and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. or to be able to stay yeah. in one place, kind of like tread water, that sort of thing with big long fins on. But yeah, it's almost an automatic thing. Like, you know, if a fish is trying to pull you into the reeds to the right, like you just start spinning, kicking to the left 
while you're keeping your rod that way so that way it's you know pulling up you know pulling it away from the way it's going and sometimes you do end up spinning around in a circle because you kind of have to let them go the way that you want to go yep. or the way that they want to go without them you know gaining leverage over you yeah it uh man it it just seems very uh like everything has to line up for it to be a super good experience or or you got to go out enough to kind of to learn everything and get everything down pat so it's kind of muscle memory so you don't have to worry about trying to fight the fish and like oh shit so he's going to the right so i need to paddle with my left type thing yeah yeah definitely i think a part of it helps being able to i i've been able to go out quite a bit um i usually can get out a couple days a week so i think that helps uh in the long run of just being out being on the water so much uh on the tube it just kind of come you know comes second nature now so oh yeah because at first it's definitely difficult because i got a couple of buddies that just got into it recently and they're you know, it's it's the fir- the very first time. It's obviously awkward, but it just kind of comes after that. I mean, oh, as yeah, you dude. know, you, yeah, being on the paddleboard. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like that'd be more difficult than the tube. Like that dude, seems it, intense. It's it's uh, you know, Marshall Marshall is a is a tall, lanky guy, so it's kind of easier for him to have his legs, you know, straddled over. Yeah, on both sides. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not as tall. You know, I'm like five nine, so. You know, I my legs don't go over as far, so I can't paddle paddle as fast if a fish is pulling to which way or whatever. Yeah. The, the other thing that I was going to ask you is so, so you know, obviously when when I'm on a board, I have I have board shorts on, swim trunks, whatever you want to call them. And dude, it's just you know, it's this thing that everybody kind of has. Like you know, you're you're fishing, and then all of a sudden you feel like a fucking like a, a lily pad touch your foot, and you like jerk it. Like what the fuck yeah. was that? Like <laughs> thing. Like is there are you always wearing waders and, and fins or kind of does it just di- does the weather dictate what you're wearing on your lower half when you go out there? Uh, I, I wear waders and fins a hundred percent of the time. Okay. So there used to be times where I would go out there with just shorts. Uh, still got to wear fins cause you got to be able to move around good. Yeah. Um, yeah. but the, yeah, I, I took the risk a few times of not wearing waders, and that was a huge mistake. I got lake itch a couple different times, and it's like the most Ooh. terrible thing that you, you can ever get. I, yeah, I don't wish that on anybody. It's worse than poison oak. So, <laughs> yeah, I I went out on my birthday like three, I think it was three years ago now at Clear Lake. Uh, and as most people know, it's not a clear lake. It's pretty filled with algae and really green water a lot of the time and uh yeah i got the worst leakage ever and after that i've have worn waders ever since and i've seen some real massive leeches too and i'm not trying to mess with that yeah just overall yeah just protection from organisms in the water uh let alone something touching you like you're (laughs) like you're saying you know uh i've had carp and catfish bump into me quite a few different times fishing the keys at clear lake too where you know giant giant fish bumps into you and it's like i feel a little bit better having waders for sure <laughs> yeah and that's like up here obviously um you know i've had a couple musky follow me in like follow the 250 in uh they're 255 in and um i, I burn the bait in obviously because it's the only it's the only flag 255 i have and i don't want to lose it or get it shredded and then the fish just keep swimming towards me and then they just disappear underneath my board and I, that dude that's a puckering moment i pick my feet up onto the board and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it, it's probably, it would probably never happen. But in that crazy case that, 
that a pike or muskie goes after, like my toes or something, dude. Oh my gosh, that is like the scariest thing about a paddleboard, in my opinion. Or just like uh, totally. being like in the water with the fish. You know, it's not like it's not like I'm fishing in Florida and I got to worry about alligators or anything. But it's still just like that glooming thought of of something just grabbing me. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Thankfully, out here. Uh, we don't really have any any toothy creatures, uh, we, since we don't have pike or muskie or anything like that, uh, or gators or anything. So it's pretty spot free. But yeah, the the waders just extra precaution just for everything. Yeah, Not that they yeah. would help you in that instance, but yeah, I, I get that a lot where people are like, "Dude, how are you fishing in that kind of water? Like, there's no gators or anything." I'm like, "No, it's California." <laughs> right. Yeah, Worst yeah. we have are otters, <laughs> otters and maybe sea lions. Yeah, and I didn't even think about the leech thing. I mean, that was. I've, I've been, I walked the river quite a bit this, this like early summer in, I mean, dude, I had a leech bite, like a big old leech bite and it ended up swelling up pretty bad, like right on the top of my foot. And I, I mean, I cleaned it like every hour I was cleaning it with alcohol and stuff, but I was like, dude, like I never had to worry about leeches until I started walking the river. And then I, the first time I had them on me, I was like, like the heebie jeebies, like, you know. I'm not, I don't care about bugs or snakes or whatever, but like ticks and leeches are like the two things that just make my skin crawl, dude. Like I cannot, oh. And so when I had those leeches on me the first time, I freaked out. They were all just small ones. And then uh, I, I, like we were walking the river, we walked it for like three hours and then we finally got out and I was just gushing blood. It was like right on a blood vessel on the top of my foot. And after that, you know, I've only fished the river a couple times, like, in Crocs. Like, I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. Like, you just kind of ruined the experience a little bit. Oh, geez, man. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. I've been lucky and not gotten them on me, but there's been a few different times where I've been kicking through, you know, grass patches and that sort of thing. And as soon as I get out of the water and take my fins off, I could see them, like, covering, literally covering my oh, entire God. fin. Like, little, little small ones. But it's just enough to yeah it's a it's enough to make your skin crawl absolutely yeah and i'm the same way with ticks man i absolutely hate them (laughs) they're terrible nasty little things i guess here's a good question so float tube now is it like a paddleboard where where it's a blow-up tube right like an, an inflatable obviously is the word i'm looking for yeah yeah mine's inflatable um it's got two two bladders that kind of connect um it's a pvc so it doesn't have like a material on the outside of it it's almost kind of like a dinghy (laughs) like a rubber raft kind of deal but yeah yeah, it it inflates in two chambers and then my uh there's a little floor that goes down on the bottom of it and then my seat's inflatable also so yeah it's all super easy to pack into a car i have suv so i just deflate it throw it in the back and i'm good to go hell yeah dude how long do you have a uh, like a, a cigarette charger pump, or do you just pump it up with like a bike pump? Uh, foot pump. Oh, foot pump. So it's just like okay. a little, yeah, yeah, just a foot pump that you you know push down on, and it's broken, so I have to hold it on there. But it, yeah, it's uh takes a little while, probably maybe ten minutes, mm, five to ten minutes to fill everything up, but it's not too bad. Yeah, that's like that's about the paddleboard. Like I can get mine up to ten psi, uh, with like probably honestly in about four minutes. Like the longest part is taking it out of the bag, unrolling it, and and getting it all flat and everything. And then you know it take you know couple couple minutes a uh, quote unquote hard labor, and and you're ready to go. And the the just the thing that blows my mind is how easy they are to store, but how they like. 
you know, maybe not get, I guess, kind of overlooked, but also guys, guys think it's like a really weird taboo to see you fishing out of a paddleboard or out of like a float tube. Like, I don't know if like they think lesser or, or just whatever it may be, but it's like, it's just so easily available to literally anybody. It doesn't make sense for, for you not to do it. If like you're stuck on the bank and, and you, you want to buy a boat, but you don't want to drop, you know, 40 grand on a bass boat. Like it's such an easy option that it's so weird that it gets overlooked as hard as it does. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And that's like, that's the first thing I tell people when I see they're either stuck on the shore or they don't ever fish on it. I mean, dude, just go get a tube. Like, you know, or, uh, the you know the paddleboard scenes seems like it's getting a lot more popular, which is pretty cool to see. Um, like it, they're very easy to get and they're cheap, and it's a quick way to get on the water. Like the quickest way to get on the water without really having to do a lot of work or like lugging around a you know like you're saying a boat or a kayak. Because even now kayaks are you're saying you know a bass boat's like you know forty plus forty yeah. to hundred nowadays, and like even a kayak now is like a few grand. Mm-hmm. For a decent right. one. It's not even like a high end one. And you can go get a tube for a hundred bucks. Yeah, dude. I, that's yeah. what I was gonna it's say. Like, trip. It's a trip that people overlook it and don't, you know. But yeah, you know, don't is, see more people doing it. Is it kind of the same with twos? Like so stand up paddle boards if they're inflatable. I mean, dude, an inflatable paddleboard is an inflatable paddleboard. You know, there's different sizes, obviously, it's, but that's like the biggest thing. Pretty much everything else. They all come out of the same place. They're all made in the same place. They just have different color variants and, you know, a little bit of different shapes. I mean, I got mine, I think it was like $120. It was like $160, $165, but it was marked down. I got it for $120. They came with the paddle, the pump, the board, uh, a phone case, the fin, like the, the fins to go underneath it, and probably a couple other small things, the uh, carrying case and stuff like that. But I mean, like, is there different entry options for tubes or is it kind of the same thing where it's like you know it's all that same general concept but there's little add-ons that the more expensive ones come with uh yeah i mean there's definitely entry level for tubes which would be more like a vinyl vinyl bladder style um classic accessories has a couple couple different options of those um and they range from anywhere from like 100 bucks to you know a couple hundred bucks and then you can the only downside, I mean, it is, that is a good entry level. The only downside to it is that uh, just the little inflatable bladders on the inside of them end up wearing out quicker and they're more susceptible to hook penetration and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, those range from anywhere between like one to two to three, one to 200 bucks or so, probably. You might even be able to find them cheaper nowadays. And then you can get into the PVC, uh, the PVC style, which is more like that raft where it's your pretty much in, not indestructible but you know yeah. a hook's gonna bounce off of it which i've <laughs> i've had it happen a couple different times with sd41s and that's surprising <laughs> yeah uh, that's the that's the same thing with the paddle boards it's like that kind of hard hard plastic yeah, like hard plastic. 100 yeah but no yeah for for tubes you can start out like the cheapest one that or not cheapest but like the one that my dad got me was like probably the lowest you can go and it's I mean, it takes you five minutes to blow up and you're on the water. So quick and easy for, for, for beginners, you know, if, if you want to get on. Yeah. Something. And I mean, it's not like it's a, it's a commitment, you know, you can, you can buy it for a summer 
and realize like, oh, I really like this. I want to get into it. Or, you know, this is not for me. I, I'm not a fan of it. Don't like being as close to the water, whatever. And and you're only out 100 to $200. And I say only, but I mean, realistically, that's not a lot of money to to get off the bank and, and try to fish fish new spots to you. No, definitely not. If I mean, if it's only 100 bucks to get off the bank, that's worth it to me, for yeah. sure. And, and I remember... You know, like for me... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember like... When when I would look up float tubes and stuff, and up here when you when you see guys, they're in those uh, what is it fly fishing uh, caddis or uh, yeah yeah it's a caddis yep yeah that's like that's that's what I you know that's what I had always seen and they had them they had them at Dunham's like the like our our sporting goods stores I mean they had them for like a hundred and seventy bucks or something and I'm like wow that is like why don't I see more people in those because that just is so cheap. Yeah, it's it it really does trip me out. I think a lot of people still sleep on them. That's that's the best the best way I can put it. Yeah, because you can you can go get like a caddis or like a fish cat, or I mean I think classic accessories super easy to get on Amazon. That's where I got my first stores have them and fins yeah. and everything you need. Hell yeah, dude. Um. So kind of kind of rounding back to the to the swim bait thing. So you get into the wakes and and stuff, and I guess was it uh, at the time? Could you only bring one rod with you? Or like, were you were you limited to swim bait fishing only? That's actually a good question. Um, yeah, usually one to maybe three rods at the max uh, on the on the first tube I was using. Um, because on that, on the, the sit-in style kind, like the belly boat style, there, there's not really any way. I mean, a lot of people will rig rod holders with PVC, but for me at the time I was just getting out there. So it's like, you, you know, you kind of lay the, lay the rod beside you, like directly beside you, mm-hmm. um, with the, butt, with the butt up on the little pole that's above your legs, that kind of thing. So you could have one on each side of you and one in your, uh, one in your hand, but uh, with the big baits, for sure, like especially when I was fishing at night on that style tube, one rod only. One rod, maybe two baits. Damn, dude. Wow. Because when I think of the tube, and I think, does yours have that little like side tray next to it? Or am I thinking of like, is that like the standard style tube? Like with that little, kind of looks like a little coffee table tray next to you? So it doesn't have a tray, but I have like, my tube has Velcro on each side. Okay. Uh, one, one side I have a side bag that kind of just sticks on there, and then the other side I have a couple different bags that I can clip on there. So I have on the tube that I run now. There's definitely a decent amount of storage, and I can hold. Uh, I can bring seven rods with me right now. I, I built a little rod holder that's on oh, the back shit. of my, my tube, so I'm definitely not as limited as before. Uh, so I can bring quite a quite a bit of stuff now. But um, yeah, so there's 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 plenty of storage. Um, because even the the bladder the the vinyl bladder styles have pretty big pockets on either side, so you could bring a couple thirty seven hundred boxes, uh, or a couple bait wraps. You know, you could bring like two to three bait wraps or a swim bait underground bait wrap full of baits. You could mm-hmm. definitely do that. Damn, dude. So I mean, if you guys like lugging around a lot of stuff, you know, you got to have a bunch of baits or or whatever. It sounds like the tube is way more efficient for that because. You know, on the board, you have to have a milk crate and you have to have a bungee cord. And I mean, you would want a milk crate and bungee cord if you're going to take a bunch of stuff out there. And, you know, that's going to get wet and stuff and, and you have to rig up your GoPro and stuff on that. But like 
dude, it sounds like you could honestly pull one out of the box and, and, you know, have one rod and go out and catch fish and have a good time or go out and get bites. Maybe not catch the fish cause it's a learning curve, but you could go out and have a good time and take what you want with, with little to, to know, you know, quote unquote mods to do like you would with a paddleboard or a kayak. Yeah, there's plenty of pockets uh, on on all the tubes for the most part. Like, and th- like I said, they're pretty big. It's surprising how much stuff you can get in them. It might get yeah. a little wet still. <laughs> right. Little, yeah. Yeah. So if you're bringing your phone and that kind of thing, you might want to get like a little one of those little waterproof case things for it and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, or just you know have stuff that you're not too worried about getting wet or just yeah, drying yeah. out afterwards. But yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, no no mods. You you could get a tube and go out and have plenty of stuff that you need for sure out for you know. For a whole day trip, even if you want to do, but most people go for you know half a day or something like right. that. A few hours. Damn, so. dude, that's badass. Do you remember the first swim bait fish you caught off the tube? And were you like, did it kind of kick in right away? Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool! Like, I'm on a tube and I'm I'm catching swim bait fish because it probably wasn't. I mean, it still isn't like we've talked about like a mainstream thing where you're like, oh my gosh, this is like an untapped potential for where I'm at, and you know. I mean, like I said, it's, it's anybody could probably go do it and catch fish, you know, cause it's not loud like a boat. It's not, you know, it's something that fish have never seen before. So was it kind of like, wow, I'm going to get really into this or did it just kind of trickle into, I'm going to go out and, oh, I'm, I'm going to bring a swim bait cause it's fun to catch fish on. Oh man, that's actually a really tough question when you're asking about if I can remember the first one, uh, on the or tube, maybe, the, maybe like the, I, first, I, I, the first couple. First, like first memorable one, maybe. I, yeah. I, I do know I, I remember when I had my first couple seven inch slammers, I caught like <laughs> maybe a nine incher on it. <laughs> I do remember that. So <laughs> I don't know if that's really a, too memorable in, per se. Um, let's think here. Because for a while I was still going bank fishing and I, I was catching, I caught a couple different PBs. Oh, shit. On, on the wake bait from the bank but then so let's see if that's a hard question i got i got a little bit it's it's, I got, a, it's um, a it's a little tough but I, yeah i don't because like the probably the most memorable one that i could think of top or like off the top of my head firsthand would be the f- like first big soft bait fish i ever caught on the tube um, which was in December of 2020, Damn. and that was yeah, it was December 4th, I think. or something like that. Or no, it was just, it was like the end of December, I think. Anyway, it was all luck. I just happened to cast a soft bait out at the end of a laydown, and was letting it sink. And I would go to lift up, and he was on, and it was on. It was an almost eight pound northern strain. So that that was sick. But see that that also kind of. It's just tough because that was a lucky. I could just feel like I cast it on top of his head. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was was that the first, you know, big fish you had caught on the on the tube with a swim bait? Yes, that hundred percent. That one was. Yeah, because I had caught a few like maybe four pound, you know, mm-hmm. four to five pounders. Uh, I think maybe like one six, uh, one six plus pounder. But that was like really the first, like, big bigger fish for sure that i caught on the tube uh with this one bait and on the soft bait of all things i was in the middle of my trials and tribulations of trying to figure out how to set the hook and i wasn't even using the right rod either so damn <laughs> but, so yeah. kind of 
So you set the hook into that fish. Do you, this is kind of a, a story time on how you landed it and then a question to go with it. Do you have a net on a pa- or on a uh, on a tube and kind of walk us through the the cast to catch with this fish and how how you ended up getting it in your hands if you used a net or if you just kind of wrestle it around in your lap? Uh yeah, so I do always have a net just because with you know some of those bigger trebles, it's I don't want one in my thigh or oh yeah anywhere anywhere else that's down in that area if you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, no one wants a hook down there, so uh, yeah, net always for sure. Uh, and I always usually end up getting a floating net just in case. Um, mm. But yeah, that fish, I mean, it was on a Dream Smasher top hook, um, soft bait. And I had just, you know, like I said, bomb cast as far as I could. Uh, and it's just sinking and I go to lift up and it's just dead weight. And so I set into it. Rod's bent all the way in half. I'm trying to keep pressure on it the entire time. So I'm leaning all the way as far as I can to the left side, like spinning, kicking like kicking as fast as I can to the left just to keep that pressure on it. And I'm just sitting there, you know, reeling as hard as I can. And that thing's digging, digging, comes up, jumps once. I get it to the net and it jumps again. And I mean, it was stuck. I mean, it was, it had the bait choke, so there's no way it was ever coming off, but it's just, there's always that like scary feeling of when you're on the tube, you can't keep enough pressure on it. So yeah, just turn and burn, got him to the net. He jumped, got in the net and that was it. Hell yeah. Do, Do you, um, how is it to take a fish picture on the tube? Do you kind of keep the net, like hold on to the net and grab your phone and everything, or kind of what's how do you how do you do that? What's the walkthrough with that? Yeah, that's a good question. I use the it's a net, I call it the net live wall. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah. You know, a lot of people will do it on the side of their boat or something or kayak, or you just kind of keep the fish in the net, uh, in the water the whole time. And yeah, I'll. If I'm having to set up a camera, if I have to go to the bank or something like that to get a picture, if no one's there with me, I'll just keep them in the water or just kind of one-handed hold it underneath the water the entire time until I can get set, get the picture. And, you know, in between taking little videos or pictures, I'll make mm-hmm. sure to put the fish, you know, dunk the fish over and over again yeah, to make sure yeah. it's still good. But, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the butt, especially when I'm by myself. If I'm in one of the little lakes that I'm at, uh, that I'm at by, by my area over here, um, there's not really any bank access I can even go to get a picture. So, cause I'll get out of my tube and set my phone up and to it on a timer kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. If I end up having to, and I know I'm not going to, if I'm going to be too far offshore or something like that, I'll bring my GoPro. Yeah. That's uh, what I was going to ask. But I, can do, so. I was going to ask what your GoPro setup is on the tube. Do you have like a YOLO style stick or kind of, how do you, how are you getting your cast of catches on the tube? Uh, so I have, where my rods are behind me, there's a little motor mount that I don't use because I don't use a regular trolling motor on my tube. Uh, it's it's turned around in reverse so it faces in so, inside towards my back, um, and it's it's solid enough to where I screwed on a. It's actually a Railblazer mount, so I just screwed in one of those little star, you know, those little star star mounts where it just slides in and then you push the little button over and it locks in oh, there. Yeah, um, and it's just a kind of a i would say maybe 45 degree uh just kind of the metal the rail whatever the material you use that they use for those rail blazes but it's just a metal pole that goes out to the left 45 degrees and then um my gopro is just mounted up on top of that and i can that's also on a star mount so i can pop it in and you know super quick in and out if i need to heck yeah dude what uh do you run an external battery at all 
I do. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. You got to. If you're going to be recording the entire day, um, I just get, you can get them on Amazon, the little uh, Anchor um, portable power packs. And I have two of them. Those last, actually on a full charge, those will last you like three to four trips all day too sometimes. And I just let their GoPro run. Uh, well, I, I use voice control. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's on and off through clips. But, um, yeah, I pretty much keep that camera going the entire day if I bring it. Right, yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I have the same thing. I think mine's like a seven or something, and I have the voice control and an external battery and, and stuff like that. And it, you know, it makes it super enjoyable, like not wearing a chest mount and stuff, like and not worrying about making sure you have the right angle and stuff like that. You just set it up before you go out there, and, and you're good to go. It's it's a nice reassuring thing that you know no matter what, it's it's going, and it's not going to not going to mess up at all. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it only takes an extra five minutes to put it on there. So it's, you know, uh, I've caught some real, real big fish without it. And that sucks. I've made the, uh, the mission to not, uh, forget it this year. Yeah. So yeah, I've two of my biggest fish I ever caught were not on camera because there were oh. days I decided to just not bring my GoPro. I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to bring it today. There it is. PV. <laughs> yeah. Know? dude. So. But yeah, that, that five minutes time, if you, if you have a GoPro, I recommend everyone to just never, never forget it because you never know when that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, do you think uh, like the swim bait fishing or like the swim baits have kind of uh, have helped bring your fishing to like a different level for your lakes? Are your lakes like super pressured and do you think swim baits kind of give you that upper hand on on showing fish baits they've never seen before and, and getting bigger fish to eat that that may not eat you know like a like a weightless senko or, or something generic that everybody else is fishing yeah absolutely um i think there's a very large um amount of my fish that i probably would say i would have never caught if i wasn't throwing big baits um at most at almost every place i've gone um, cause there's a few, you know, there's like a select handful of lakes I kind of rotate through. Um, and yeah, definitely as soon as you start throwing big baits at, at spots, you definitely will start seeing the better quality show up in fish that you would have never seen if you've been throwing those kind of baits. I mean, you'll still catch them every now and then on a worm, you know, it's, it, that drop shot catches them. That's, it's a well-known fact, but, uh, I just think overall, uh, those, those big baits really force big fish to slip up more and show themselves a lot more yeah i i, I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there is there any baits that like you have a lot of confidence in like you can cast underneath a lay down and you're like okay if there's a fish under there it's going to come up and eat or kind of what's the core couple of baits that you have right now that you rely on to do a lot of the, the heavy lifting in in terms of catching fish and pulling fish out of cover uh it's for swim bait related right not conventional well well yeah i mean do your swim bait stuff and then if you have a couple conventional that you kind of swear by that that follow closely behind the swim baits i mean list those two i'm not i'm not too picky i won't i won't shoot you down like that yeah no for sure i also you know some people think conventional is boring um it's for me it's extremely fun sometimes but uh for swim baits i'd say uh i'll break it down into like uh category i guess for yeah uh for wake bait definitely it's going to be wade hogs like that's a hundred percent i will if i'm throwing a wake bait it's i'm pretty much always going to be throwing a wade hogs um that bait caught me my pb last year 
And I just, that's like you're saying, that's one of those baits I know I could throw pretty much anywhere or anytime mm-hmm. and get a bite on. Uh, maybe not in winter, but I don't, yeah. I don't have confidence to throw a wake bait in winter, but that's one of those baits that I know I'll get a bite on. Um, probably since I finally figured out the soft bait bite a little bit more, I'd say uh, for a soft bait, I'd have to say Battle Shad. Um, something about that bait, it just gets absolutely bit no matter where, and they they really, really choke it. Um, between that and a burrito, like for B6 style, definitely Battle Shad. Burrito for a top hook um, style for me. Um, that's probably the bait that helped me build the most confidence. I think maybe because it was a little smaller and they were eating it real good. And then I kind of transferred that into throwing the battle shad. But for sure, those two for like offshore, um, offshore style kind of deep soft baits fishing. Glide bait, I'd say phony shiner. Um, that's a bait that I've had a lot of fun with a couple years ago and I still continue to throw it all the time when I do throw a glide bait, but I, I like that one because it's kind of cover oriented. It has a semi wide glide, but you can still get it to shoot back and forth. So like a lot of the lakes I fish are like a ton of laydowns and pockets and toolies and that kind of thing. So I need something I can kind of just pitch around and um, get to dart back and forth in the strike zone for as long as I can. So that phony shiner really did it for me. Um, that and then, Probably tiny clash is also another bait that you can do that same thing with. Pitch it around, throw it around laydowns, and get that thing to walk back and forth. And pretty, I mean, that's another bait that gets bit literally everywhere. Um, I'd say probably. I mean, I've got a lot more, but that for confidence wise, that I'd say that's the majority of them. And then for a topwater bait, hundred percent would have to be a crawler. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Kuroto. Uh, monster crawler that thing is ridiculous um last year there was a couple weeks i think it was in june where i went out and caught every single day a six plus pounder it was nuts probably the craziest top water fishing i mean that's not, by no means that's a giant out here in california but it's a couple places that have northern strain bass so for me that was pretty epic to see some fish that i hadn't normally caught on anything else other than going out there and throwing a crawler they couldn't they couldn't resist it so i think that's majority of the bases covered glide soft bait wake and top water uh crank down i'd have to say uh lagrady fritter um that's another bait that i can go to two of my most the two spots i go to the most out here and i've caught some real good quality fish and multiple fish every time with that one too forgot about crank downs (laughs) one of my favorite ones to throw too is a crank down bait because I could transfer uh, crank baits conventional wise are like my favorite bait to throw. So a big crank down swim bait is definitely one of my, uh, I don't know how I forget that. But yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's definitely go to just because I could fish it exactly the same as a deep, like a deep crank or a square bill. But you can kind of do that with the weight hogs too, just fish it like a big square bill. So yeah, and what I guess since since you mentioned it, what's the story behind your PB? What was uh, kind of walk us through that? If it was a crazy story, because you had mentioned it and kind of piqued my interest, because I wanted to hear what it was and hear how big how big it was on the tube. Because I think, dude, I mean, even a five pounder on a tube, I mean, that's got to be so much fun. Oh, absolutely! I just caught a five the other day on a freaking lipless crankbait. I ripped it out of a. Uh... 
<laughs> a brush pile and he hammered it. It, took, it. it takes a while sometimes to get them up on the tube. But yeah, the 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 Wade Hogs PB fish uh, was in let's see July of last year, so middle of the summer, which is a trip. Um, I of course, like I was saying earlier, one of those days that you decide to not bring out a GoPro. Um, I was on a decent wake bait bite and like a frog bite that kind of thing. And so a couple of my but I usually don't fish evenings either, which is pretty cool. Excuse me. Oh, really? I usually fish mornings only. So this was one of the few times I went, that I had gone last year in the evening. And a couple of buddies hit me up. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out. You know, like, uh, we'll hit the lake for a couple hours. So I go, I get there. I'm, I got there before them. I go down to one side of the lake, don't catch anything, come back. And I'm just kind of shooting the shit with them, just cruising around, not really fishing, like, really I don't know, just kind of more BSing than anything. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm actually going to go fish now. Like, <laughs> so I cross over to the island at this at my local spot. And I don't know, I think it might have been maybe like 6.30, 7 o'clock or something like that. And uh, I'm just kind of cruising around, just making bomb casts with the weight hogs, a little pitch casts when I can here and there. And then so I get to the backside of the island, and I'm just like, usually I don't ever do this either. It's just weird, Kyle, how many things I hadn't done. Mm-hmm. That, that led up to to the PB, and that's kind of I do kind of want to mention something at the end of this, uh, or at the end of the story as to why that I think makes a difference. But so I had to get around to the back of the island, make a bomb as far as I can, bomb cast with the weight hogs. Um, so I don't even know how far that is, maybe 50 yards or something like that. And a lot of the time with the weight hogs, I'll kind of walk it a couple times right off the bat, like I'll take my rod tip and you know, almost like a spook kind of thing, like hit it like three or four times, make it walk in place for a second. And then as soon I'll let it sit and then I'll start, um, slow waking it. Yep. And yep. sometimes they'll eat it on the walk. Sometimes they'll eat it as soon as you start reeling. And this fish decided to eat it as soon as I started reeling after, after the pops. And I had no idea how big it was. I just kind of set the hook into it and I'm like leaning back all the way, like all the way in my seat, like almost to the point where you think you'd fall out the back sort of thing. And, uh, so I'm sitting there just reeling as hard as I can. Just same thing, you know, usually when I hook them, I just kind of try to winch them in because I don't want them to get leverage on me. And it gets stuck on a freaking, <laughs> on a single stick that's coming out in front of me that was reaching up to the top of the surface. So it gets stuck yep. on the stick for like five seconds. And I'm like freaking out because I could find, I saw that it was a big fish. And so I'm just sitting there still leaning back as hard as I can, reeling as hard as I can just sitting there keeping pressure on it and it finally just kind of launches over it and then comes straight to me <laughs> and it just came straight yeah. to me and got in the net no no problem at all and i'm you know i start freaking out i'm like oh my god it's a fucking giant like <laughs> and my buddies are like across the lake and i'm just yelling and screaming and they start coming over and yeah it's i knew it was over eight and it, that's my first that actually was my first fish over eight pounds and it was uh eight pounds nine ounces so damn dude and that's a that's a very it's a very small lake too it's not right it's got big fish in it but it's not like a big a big big lake or anything and there's no trout in it no nothing like that it's all just gills and that kind of stuff so but yeah mid midsummer uh july eight and a half she in july almost, dude, that's yeah, crazy she was, she was almost 25 inches long she was like a, a hair shy of 25 inches wow 
damn dude <laughs> so and it's crazy that my my buddy a buddy of mine had caught that same fish on a piz the year before oh really and and she was almost a she was only eight pounds then and like an inch shorter Wow. so pretty crazy that 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 fish likes the big baits apparently for for her to eat a piz and then eat a toxic the year after same month too actually he said so that's kind of cool damn dude um re i mean talking about wake baits and stuff you got sent uh, a, a gt grumpy gill what do you what do you think yes. of that i mean you've already you've already posted cast you you posted a cast to catch of that right and i'm sure you've caught a couple fish on it already too yeah i haven't had as much time as i'd like to go out and throw it um these last couple of weeks but yeah i did he did send me one of those i'm super honored that he is allowing me to throw one of those uh, and it's a super sick bait it's it's really versatile um Probably the sickest walking, because that's one of my favorite things to do with a wake bait is walk it in place. And that thing, the GT definitely, like, it almost swivels. That's how good mm -hmm. it walks. So that's yeah. a really cool thing about it. And then the one that I did catch on it so far, yeah, it was one of those ones where I was twitching it and then ate it as soon as I started slow, slow waking it. So I'm looking forward to throwing that thing more soon because I know it's going to, I know it's going to provide some big fish at my life for sure. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, that just, it looks like such a cool bait. And like you said, if you can like almost dead walk it like a TK in place, I mean, I feel like that really just pisses fish off over top when you see a bait or when you see a bait just sitting there walking and splashing water back and forth. That's what I've found to, to piss my fish off up here with a wake bait. Yeah. Yeah. They can't stand it. And then it's like, you know, that you've got their attention. And even when they do start, like when they eat it on that slow wake right after, you know, you pissed them off enough to come up and look at it. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, that, that bait is super cool. Um, I like the way it walks. And I know it's like I said, it's it, you can crank it down too, and it's got a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. um, and it does produce like a super big wake, like a super big V on the water. So I'm definitely looking forward to putting some more time into that thing. I was, I'm thinking about going out tonight, maybe, and throwing it around. We'll see. Oh hell yeah, dude! Is it? Is there? Yeah, does it have a loud clack to it? Uh, yeah, it is pretty clacky too, and that's another thing I do like. I oh hell yeah, man! Kind of deep, deep, you know, deep clacky sound. What? Uh, what's the setup you're fishing this bait on? Is it the same as your Wade Hogs, or do you have a couple different setups that you you I'll, or utilize for for a couple different baits? Uh, yeah, it's the same setup. Um, which is that's probably my favorite rod in my swim bait arsenal is my big, uh, my bigger hard bait rod. Which is funny because I said I used the wrong rod when I caught that that big one on the uh, on the soft bait at the end of the laydown. It's that same rod. <laughs> so that thing's got mojo. I've caught that broke my PB a few times on that rod. Dude, that's um, so it's awesome. A, it's an F5 Blacklist 800. Okay, so I think I have. I've got a blacklist, and I, but I think it's the 806. It's the 2 to 6 ounce one. Okay, let me... Let's see. I've got it right here. Um, and I got it. It's the one with the microwave. Uh, yep. Yeah. Little guides. Yeah, the microwave guides, which is pretty cool. Uh, let me see. I'm getting it out right now. It is... I don't break my light here. <laughs> Let's see, it's the blacklist BLK eight hundred one to six ounce mod. 
Oh, so maybe maybe it's the same one that I have then. I think I know it's six, so it's probably one to six. I, I got to imagine mine is. And this dude, this rod is. Oh, yeah. I've yeah, that, that thing is the the straight sword right there. That's Excalibur for sure. Um, but yeah, so I throw the GT on that. I throw my weight hogs on that. I throw a Clash Nine on that. Um, I'll even throw some of the smaller uh, wake baits on that. I'll throw the whippersnapper on there. That's probably the smallest bait I'll throw on it is a whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I could throw that on a couple of my eye rods. Um, let's see. But yeah, I think the biggest I go on that is the Clash Nine, which is probably one of the bigger baits that I have right now. But yeah, it, the cool thing what, about uh, that what's rod the real? Oh, real? Uh, it's I have a Shimano Curato K three hundred or three hundred one. Since I'm a lefty, okay. Yeah, and, uh, and then are you I fishing run... like twenty pound? Yep, twenty pound P line tactical fluorocarbon. Hell yeah, dude! And is and that, that like that like you said? You said that's like if you had to pick a rod, like to if you could go out and catch a fish on any rod, that's like the setup you're gonna pick nine times out of ten. Absolutely, yeah. For my swim bait rods, that one's the one. Like I pretty much don't ever leave without that one. And then, well, it depends. If I'm throwing a soft bait, it's obviously on a. It it won't be on that one, but for right. for weight and stuff like that, definitely that one. Yep. Yeah, and that twenty, yeah, that twenty that. tactical, I throw on pretty much. Pretty much everything. Um, I go down to 15 on my smaller glides and crawlers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's 15 or 20, but um, I throw um, fluorocarbon on everything. I don't run braid or mono at all. Are you fishing your crawlers on that rod too, or are you fishing on one of the I-rods you had mentioned? The crawlers on an I-rod, and I usually throw that one on the Junior Swim Genesis 2. Okay. Yeah, I had figured that you didn't fish it on there do you ever have um problem like because because crawlers are kind of starting to be popular now do you ever have problems with the wings and having to do a lot of of bending of of metals and stuff to get them to swim right or you kind of luck out and fish don't destroy them that hard so on the monster crawler that's the only one i have Uh, i have a couple Uh of them but that's the only one i use and that some Somehow those wings don't really need to be, um, I don't know, I don't know how you'd say it. Uh, they don't need modern. to be worked on. Between yeah, they don't. Teams. They don't need to be. Yeah. Um, the heck is the, for some reason I can't think of it right now. Um, yeah, I don't ever have to. On the one that I've caught most of my fish on, I've had to bend one of them a tiny bit because you can kind of start telling when it doesn't want to walk right. But for the mm-hmm. most part, I haven't had to. Oh, tune, yeah, <laughs> jeez, um, I haven't had to tune. I haven't had to tune that bait much at all. Just bend the one wing a tiny, tiny bit, and I don't know if that's because they're really thick, thick metal in the way that um, Kuroto makes them. But yeah, because I like I was telling you that that one week I caught I think three or four fish over six pounds and they were absolutely destroying wow. it um, yeah and i didn't have to i didn't have to tune it once that entire year i don't think until after that spree and then i bent it a little bit but other than that yeah no i've no not too many issues with those ones but i have heard yeah. that with some of the other ones 
Yeah, like just sometimes they'll bend out of place a little bit or that little uh, eye bolt that catches it on the backside will, you know, twist out just a little bit. Nothing too crazy, but I've heard that it does happen with, with some of them. I've heard that it's pretty common with the, uh, I think it's Gancrafts has, has some problems with it as well as, you know, other baits, and, uh, you know, crawlers. It's kind of that thing where, you know, there's a good chance you're just accepting that you're going to have to work on that bait and tune it a little bit if, if you're having fish hammer it and stuff. Whereas I'm sure, like you'd said, there's there's other baits out there that don't do that, but it's just kind of what you're accepting when, when you fish a crawler. I feel like you can't be scared to tweak your stuff if you're going to fish a crawler. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it's a lot of hardware. So, yeah, I mean, if fish are beating it up, especially when you get bigger ones crushing, you know, they're strong as heck. So when you got them thrashing around and, it, you know, biting down on that thing and blowing up on it like that, you're you're bound to have, you know, have to make some changes every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you got to accept it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think. Hold on, let me look at these questions here. Let me see if there's like a big question that I had that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, Okay, any, this can be as deep or shallow of a question as you want. Any advice that you'd tell someone who who wants to get into float tubes but but isn't sure, you know, where to start or they just kind of need some words of encouragement? I mean, the best way I could put it is just if you're looking for a way to get off the bank or trying to just be able to get on the water, just go for it. Just pick up a, you know, a beginner tube, a set of waders and a set of fins and just get out there, see if you like it. Uh, if not, you can always, you know, either sell it or give it to somebody else or that kind of thing. But I almost guarantee, uh, you know, if you're into fishing and that sort of thing like you're almost guaranteed gonna like it i mean i, I would assume that there's a small percentage of people that might not that it might not be there mm-hmm. but yeah i say just go for it get out there get on the water try it a couple times um and once you realize like the advantages of it especially if you're just a bank fisherman how much more access you're going to have to places and just being even being able to fish offshore like you can't really fish offshore structure from the bank it's just right you know, if it's out in the middle of the lake, like a brush pile or a rock pile or something like that, you can't get to that from the from the bank. So, yeah, I mean, you could go on Amazon, pick up everything you need, and probably have it to your door the next day or two days, and be on the water. So, that's, hell yeah, dude. And if if any, you know, um, if anyone ever has any questions or anything like that, or wants to know about flow tubes or anything, uh, I usually am pretty responsive to you know to my Instagram messages and that sort of thing. Sometimes I get caught up and not seeing them all, but I'm more than willing to help, you know, answer anything or if anyone's curious or anything like that. So heck yeah, man, I'll, I'll put all your stuff in the, in the show notes. So anybody who wants to shoot you a message can my last question for you, cause you mentioned it, but we, I didn't ask you what kind of motor are you, are you running on yours? I know that they make like the drill attachments and, and like the props that go on the big, drill extensions and stuff so what what's kind of your motor setup since you'd mentioned it a few times yeah um so i run a bixby jet actually um the first i think it's the first model of Bix, uh, bixby's that they came out with um and with the with my tube since it's the pvc material you can pretty much glue anything onto it so i just glued a fin mount uh on the underside of it and it just slides right into there and mm-hmm. it, it, the bixby has its own uh, it has a remote and then its own little lithium battery, so uh, which is super light, so it's quick and easy setup. Um, it's pricey, but 
gets me around. I've had it for a few years now, and nothing's been a game changer in terms of being able to break lakes down. And even, you know, like it, I go up to Clear Lake a lot more now because I'm able to kind of move around and not be stuck in a little bay or anything like that. But yeah, um, prop the I, I know a lot of guys that do run the drill paddle, and that's the probably the easiest, quickest, and like more most affordable route in terms mm-hmm. of being able to move around quick on that. Just get a you know drill gun and um, it's like a long extended shaft with a little prop at the end. Uh, those actually scoot around pretty quick, but the nice part about yeah. the Bixby is it is hands free, so you, you can Ooh, super casts and and that kind of thing. So. Hell yeah, dude. But is there anything that uh, that you had had wrote down that you wanted to touch on that we didn't I didn't ask a question to or allude to, or is there anything that we that we missed out on? Um, you know, I don't I don't think so. I think that's I think the only thing that I did want to say at the end of my story of the PB thing is um I think the reason that I caught that fish was because it was I was breaking out of a out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you need to do as an angler to be able to i don't know it's it's hard to explain but like to be able to progress and learn and start catching bigger and more fish is to get out of your comfort zone and start trying new things and do things that you normally wouldn't do because as soon as you start doing those things that's when more pieces of the puzzle start getting put together and that's i personally think that's why i caught that pb is because one i don't fish in the evenings uh, or what was the other thing? But I think, yeah, I just, oh, and I wasn't making, I don't normally make those crazy big bomb casts. Like I usually make quick close casts and that sort of thing. So it's like just a series of events in terms of like breaking out of my comfort zone that allowed me to, that basically gave me the opportunity to catch my personal best fish. And I think that's probably how it's going to happen again <laughs> for the next one. So, but, yeah. yeah, man. Hell yeah, dude. We we I usually preach that uh, you know if if you're confident, even if you fake fake it till you make it, the confidence in something you're gonna it just seems like in swim bait fishing you're gonna yield results if you just fish a bait with confidence and you're like okay, there's a fish falling behind it. I know there is every single cast, and you know you a brand new bait whether it's you've never fished a glide bait or a wake bait or whatever, and then you start catching fish, and then you know it, that that confidence just comes naturally and it, you know, you just got to take a chance with something and stick with it long enough to, to determine that fish are going to eat it or they're not. And, and you kind of make your own opinion from it. And, you know, from my experiences, nine times out of 10, it, it, it works in your favor and, and you figure out how to fish a new or new bait, or you figure out how to fish an old bait a new way or just whatever it may be. So I always, I always try to preach that, that, you know, fake the confidence until, until you see the results. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Just have the confidence and and do it with conviction and dedication, and hundred percent, it's gonna come, for sure. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Instagram, that. Instagram is uh, Lord underscore Bird. Do you have a YouTube channel or anything? So it's uh, it's two underscores, Lord underscore oh, underscore. Two. Okay. Yeah, two underscores. Yep. Uh, no, I I used to do YouTube a long time ago, and I pretty much just only post my clips and stuff on Instagram now. It's more fun and easier for me. <laughs> yeah, so. right, right. Oh yeah, dude. So I will. Uh, I'll put. I'll. I'll put Jake's Instagram in the in the show notes. If you guys don't already follow him, as always, all his stuff will be down there. So you guys go follow him and everything. Uh, make sure when you do that, you follow the podcast skills and tales underscore media. 
Uh, when you guys hear this, I'll be getting ready, all packed up and stuff to go to the gathering, which will uh, which will be the first place that um, the the third issue of the zine will be available. And you guys can also, uh, if you're not attending, you can hop onto the uh, Skills and Tales Pod yes. and dot uh, com and and order the uh, the pre order, and those will be going out as soon as I, I get back and I order them. But I think that's everything for my my spiel, my soapbox. I want to thank Jake for coming on. It's it's super cool to hear, you know, a couple of years ago, it was the paddleboard was kind of the, the black sheep, ugly, ugly, uh, you know, just the, the weird thing that everybody was kind of like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. And for some reason, the tube just hasn't seemed to get the limelight the paddleboard has, even though, you know, it's, it's relatively the same thing, obviously a little bit different, but hearing Jake talk about it, it almost seems like there's some pluses to, to, uh, to fishing where paddleboard, that's not an option. So I want to thank Jake for for kind of enlightening me on that. It was I was super excited to record this and kind of hear hear how he fishes, but also kind of pick his brain about the float too, because that was something that I had looked into, you know, pretty exten- extensively. But it was something that you know you can't type in tube swim bait fishing on on Universe or Underground and stuff and see a whole lot of stuff, opinions and and gear reviews and stuff come up about that. So I want to thank Jake for, uh, for kind of shedding some light on that, on that topic that for some reason just doesn't get talked about too much. Oh man, my pleasure. It was an honor coming on here. I think, thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude, for sure. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to do it again, maybe this time next year or something. And kind of when you, when you break your PB for another time or two, we can, we can talk about that and how, how your uh, some, some new things that you kind of stepped out of your comfort zone and, and saw results getting yielded over the last year or two. Hell yeah, man. Looking forward to it. It'd be awesome. Hell yeah, man. So I want to, I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope Jake is, uh, after this, you know, it's, it's going on what going on five o'clock there. Hopefully he gets to, uh, jump off of here and maybe go catch some fish. So I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to thank Jake for coming on and I'll talk to you guys next time. See you guys.